There is nothing worse than untapped potential. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely the place for you. Everybody, I get a chance to welcome Stacy Simpson today. Notice that she is all decked out in her very, very impressive achievement that I can't wait for you to get into all the things that you're doing. But she and I have completely connected from across the country. Just feel like you're a long lost sister to me, girlfriend. And I cannot wait for people to get a chance to get to know you, know your heart, know all of the things that you've overcome and, and how you can inspire all of us. And so welcome to the Unsec Podcast. Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here because like your whole theme of being unstuck really fits so well with whatever my brand has become. It certainly wasn't intended to be this, but it has become, you know, how can you overcome like the greatest and craziest obstacles? I always say, if my life is not going to be a lifetime movie, then it's probably going to be a telenovela because it is really crazy. Uh, and, and I mean, for most people, they'd be like, uh, why don't you just give up? <laughs> so I, I don't know what you want me to start off by saying, but let me know. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the sash that you're wearing. Like, what is the crown representing? Where, where are you, you know, where, tell, tell us what, what is it all about? <laughs> so I am the reigning Ms. Achievement World. I started off as Achievement USA and represented the United States at the world competition on September 17th and was lucky, lucky enough to win the world title. Uh, this system officially restarted a couple of years ago because it had kind of uh, gone down. People, um, it, It's an online pageant, which I think is fantastic, especially fit with this whole pandemic world, which... It wasn't a lot online pageant years ago and then had, had gone away for a bit. And when it came back, I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is what I need to do because there's there there's so much going on with the lockdown. Everybody uh, was really having challenges. And I said, you know, we need to kind of give people hope and let them know that despite being home and, and juggling all the different balls that we're juggling at home, you can still do amazing things and do community service. Uh, so this title is all about providing mentorship, education, and community service, and being able to help, you know, people with their stories. And I have a platform, it's called uh, Smart with a Heart, and it has four different pillars. It works, it focuses on education, and, and education for me is important because I am an educator and I have Asperger's. Um, then heart, heart, Smart with a Heart is because I am a heart survivor. I have heart failure and I'm a national spokesperson for the American Heart Association. Then there's Echo, which is just realizing that I live in a planet that is clearly being damaged. I live in South Florida where we're having real issues with climate change. Uh, and then also um, cancer awareness because I am a three-time cancer survivor. I'm actually going through chemo right now with my fourth cancer. Um, so it really was trying to be able to find a way to, to put all of that into one little space and still keep it broad so that people could talk to me. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, 
can't men- you know, fail to mention that you run a successful gymnastics studio. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, we, yes, I have two amazing businesses. I have a gymnastics studio, which um, we, we have uh, uh, 375 students right now. Uh, you would think in the middle of the pandemic that we would not be having, we have 275 kids on a wait list. So you would think in the middle of all of this, that parents would be a little cautious, but we are in huge demand. We've had a wait list since 2017, which is fantastic. Uh, we moved into a bigger facility at the beginning of the pandemic, which everyone said, oh my gosh, why are you doing that? And I went, I don't know, we, we might, we'll try it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Um, and then, and then I also have, uh, I don't want it's not really a podcast yet. It will be, but it's an internet show, uh, called pageantry now. And we get to interview, um, the top pageant title holders from all over the world, similar to this. Uh, you know, I've had Miss universe, I've had Miss earth. I've had, you know, like, you know, Miss USA, like every, most of the title holders you ever heard of are going, yeah, let's go on Stacy's show. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> that doesn't make me any money, but it gives me a lot of fun to meet amazing new people. So I love that. You- Okay. So like, I don't even know. Sometimes it's like, I don't even know how to start with this because you guys, Stacy and I have gotten to know each other. And I was just telling her before we started recording, like, I don't even know the best way to even start because her story is so inspirational and all the things that you've been through. And I, and you said something even just a couple of minutes ago about how people say to you, oh my gosh, like, how haven't you just given up yet? And yeah. the thing that, that I, you know, as you know, you know why I started this podcast and how I wanted to just spread this, this thought, I guess, that we are all accountable for our own lives, right? That we have choices that we can make the best of our circumstances and we can choose to rise above it. And you have just hit all of these roadblocks and you continue to keep showing up. So I want you to talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you've had to go through in your life and you can be as vulnerable as you want to but start to kind of give us an idea of who you are, Stacey, so that we can really understand where you came from and, and where where you've been so that we can really learn from your experiences and how you can help us to all get unstuck. Great. So I always start the story in the middle, which I probably should start at the beginning, but it actually works better if you kind of go in the middle and then go forward and come back. So the 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 I don't want to say the first major roadblock I had, but the, the, the thing that was really the catalyst for all of the changes that happened to me. Uh, on September 11th, 1996, I was diagnosed with terminal lymphoma. I was 30 years old and I was given eight weeks to live. Uh, I had just purchased my first business six months previous to that. And uh, I was told by my business partner, well, you're going to get out of bed or and go to work or you're going to lose your business. So you decide what you're going to do. Uh, and I, you know, I sat down with my doctors and I was like, Hey, you know, what, what are the options? And the doctor was like, well, we've got this new chemo that we'd like to try with you. Let's try it. Um, but you're going to have to quit your job. Like you can't work with kids and do this. And I was like, ah, it'll be fine. Let me just explain to the kids what's going to happen. I'm going to lose my hair. I'm going to vomit, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Let's just do this. Uh, and remarkably the new medication Four months later, I had a huge tumor attached to my heart across my chest, and I went from the corner of my shoulder and wrapped around my neck. Um, within four months of using this chemotherapy treatment, the tumors were gone, um, and then I did three months of radiation. So uh, 
a year later, I was totally cancer free, which is crazy. Uh, but still like going forward and just doing my thing. Um, I had other issues that happened. I gained like a hundred pounds because my thyroid was destroyed by the radiation. Um, and then I think just emotionally, I was not, I, I was kind of like going through the motions. Uh, and then September 11th, 2001 happened. It changed everybody's world. It's always the date for me that goes, it's that day for me. Cause that's, that was the day that blew my world up mm-hmm. five years previous to that. But that really was a day where I went, O-M-G why am I here? Why do I have this opportunity? Why do I have the ability to be able to do this? Thousands of people are dead today. I need to have purpose. Uh, And I started looking for things to do. I started uh, telling my story. I hadn't told anybody that I was terminal. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my friends. Nobody knew. So up until this five-year mark, no one had ever heard me say those words. And I showed up to a Leukemia Lymphoma Society recruitment for team and training and went, five years ago, I was given eight weeks to live and to a bunch of strangers. And ironically, that kind of was that moment that went, oh my gosh, this is a story. This really has to be heard. People immediately were like, oh, we've got to do this. Uh, and I thought I was going to ride a hundred mile bike ride. And my doctor was like, oh, no, you're not. We're not. No, that's not going to happen. So I just trained with them and supported them and became part of their team. And um, a few months later, I had a dream. I won a pageant and I thought, I've always wanted to be Miss USA or Miss Universe. Sure, let's try it. I mean, I'm 30. There's got to be something out there. Uh, and I, I went into my first pageant. And I, I, I will we'll backtrack a little bit at this point. Like, um, I am the child of domestic abuse, sexual abuse, and physical abuse, uh, and, and emotional abuse. At five, I was sexually assaulted by a neighbor um, uh, for for a, quite a, a long a period of time before I finally... Um, started avoiding that person. And my mom didn't believe me when I told her. Um, at 11, I was sexually assaulted by my grandfather, went to my mother, said, hey, he's doing this. And she said, that's what they do in our family. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, I had Asperger's and it was undiagnosed till I was 45. So um, my mom was always very physical with me. I, I kind of had a realization that I think she was trying to beat it out of me. Because back then in the 60s, like it was you either were autistic or you weren't. So there wasn't any in between. There wasn't a spectrum. There was no way. My mom just kept telling me, you're so weird. Why can't you be normal? And I'm like, I'm not. Like, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to myself and doing things. And it it was weird. I mean, I look back now and I go, well, I was pretty happy. I don't know what her problem was, but whatever. Um, uh, It got much worse in my teens to the point where um, I started dating a guy. Um, that was five years older than me, uh, looking for validation, looking for something to make me feel good about myself. Cause I was always getting, you're ugly, you're stupid. You're, you know, even though I was like a straight A student and, you know, doing all of these crazy things in school that, you know, my, my teachers were even like, you're so smart. Why hasn't anybody tested you? I'm like, my mom thinks my brother's a smart one. So I don't care, whatever. He can be the smart one. I don't want that pressure. Uh, and so I, I dated this guy. Um, we'd been together for probably six months. One night I snuck out of the house at 16. He got me drunk to test me. Um, and his friends sexually assaulted me. Like I was, I was gang assaulted. 
Um, I, I passed out. I woke up to many different people with me. Um, and, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I ended up getting pregnant and, um, that was kind of the moment that blew things up as a 16 year old for me. I ended up deciding to not have the baby. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my parents at that point in the state of Florida, it was okay for a 16 year old. I got canceling from school, went to one of my teachers and said, this is what's happened. I need help. And they were fantastic. Um, but the day that I went, um, to terminate the pregnancy, I skipped school and my mom found out my dad came home and beat me to the point where, um, I had to have surgery to put my face back together. So I have dents in my cheek here. Um, and then had to have reconstructive surgery to put my face back together. Um, and three months later, my mom put me in a pageant to raise my self-esteem. <laughs> um, Probably not. I mean, I, I don't know now, like what really preempted her wanting to think that that would be a great way to, to, to help me out. It did. It was one of the best things that could have happened happen to me from the standpoint of I learned to speak to people, to make eye contact. I learned how to socialize. I learned to be able to speak, you know, in a crowd, which led me to being able to be a teacher because I don't think that if I had had that opportunity, I would not have learned how to feel safe in that skin being in front of people and speaking. Um, so, but I never won like a big title. It was always little stuff. You know, I competed Florida teen USA. I didn't win. I was like, whatever, I don't care. It, it really wasn't, I, I thought I was going to get famous from it, but <laughs> it didn't. I mean, back in the eighties, who, I mean, who I mean, like there was an internet, like how could you have been famous unless you're on TV? So, you know, I, I, and then I walked away from it and I was like, oh, okay, that was great. I'm good. Um, so again, here at 35, I went, wow, let me do a pageant. Like now I have a story. Now I, there's internet. Now I have a, the ability to share my story. And luckily the first pageant I went into, I went to state, uh, went to nationals and placed in the top, um, top two, which was fantastic. Even with falling on stage, like I pulled a full Sandra Bullock, like, <laughs> like, you know, the whole thing and got up and did the hair toss and was like, well, that's it, man. We'll just do what we're going to do. Uh, and I mean, it was, it was cool. Like I, I started out, you know, started out trying to find the, the, the place I belonged. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I guess this is kind of where I belong. So over the last 20 years, I've won multiple national and international titles, um, all with the intent of being able to tell people my story and get on a stage. Like I've got this blingy thing. Look at me. Hello. Look at, so it, it, and it does. So it, it opened up a lot of opportunities. I've been on national, international TV, national, international radio, uh, and I always say maybe one person is in a place right now where they just cannot get past it and they're going to hear my story and go, oh, snap. So that's, you know, and, and that's <laughs> failure from the chemo and the radiation. I mean, there's lots yes. of things that, that you've had to endure. And it's like you guys that are listening to this are probably sympathizing with me. You're like, where do we even start? But I want to go back to, you know, so many times I hear stories of people who have gone through even just one of those sexual assault experiences that you had, and they literally shut down. And for whatever reason, like you just keep coming back. And then 
you know, then your cancer, you were told that you were terminal and other people might just decide that, all right, well, I'm just going to pull up the covers and call it a night. Right. But you didn't, you're just like, no, like I'm going to show up to work. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I have to ask you, like, do you feel like you were just born with this, this grit inside of you? Was it something that you learned? Was it something that it just slowly developed each time you were having to handle one of these obstacles? I, I want to get inside your head. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I say sometimes that having Asperger's was my superpower because mm. it allowed me to really, I mean, I, I, I've been in therapy. So, so don't misunderstand. I've been in lots of therapy, lots and lots of therapy. I just now at, at 54 got a therapist that I totally jaw with and we got each other. So like it took that long you know, for me to really find someone that I felt safe with, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, most therapists would just look at me and go, you're lying to me. There's no way that this happened to you. Or why did you not commit suicide? Or why are you not, uh, you know, institutionalized? And I'd be like, I'm here talking to you. Maybe you can help me out. <laughs> like, so but I think because I compartmentalized with, with the Asperger's, that, that kind of allowed me to put little things into places where I didn't necessarily have to deal with them. Uh, I mean, they were there and I would see them and I relive them over and over with different instances. But the ongoing thing, I mean, and I tell you, like when I was a kid, I, I, I grew up in Detroit, so I was, like, super into Motown. Yeah. I danced around my bedroom in the middle of the night pretending I was Michael Jackson's little sister. Like, I was like, I'm going to be – and this was before, like, Janet had ever been big. Like, nobody knew who she was. So all I wanted – all I knew is that I was one of the Jackson 5's little sister. And, like, this world of pretend that was so dynamic in my head really enabled me to, like, shut things out that – that I think would have probably been detrimental to me. And as I got older, it's not that that world of pretend, I mean, it still exists. I'm super creative, but I think that that really enabled me to kind of go, no, we, we can do this. Like, and that's really, even with my oncologist, with my first cancer, um, I've had three. So I am on my fourth cancer right now, going through chemotherapy again, uh, my second, third, and fourth are caused as side effects from my original chemotherapy treatments. Um, and then, like you said, I do have heart failure as well, as well as coronary artery disease um, from the chemotherapy and then the, the mass radiation that I had to have. Um, so, um, but the, I asked my oncologist, I said, so what gives, dude? Like, you told me I was going to die. And he said, you did not give up. He said, you didn't think final arrangements. You didn't think trip around the world. You didn't think it was over. You thought, how do I fix this? And with every challenge, uh, uh, I guess I probably should tell people, I also got hit by a truck riding my bicycle 10 years ago, training for a triathlon for that leukemia lymphoma team in training. Yeah, and was underneath a truck. So I have now 20 damaged discs in my back. I have no rotator cuff in my right shoulder and no right knee. Um, that one put things a little bit more into perspective too, because that was like, oh, this is not going away. This is like forever. Mm -hmm. um, and then the heart issues really were exacerbated by that. So I, I, at one point, my heart function was down to 10%. 
um, I was on the heart transplant list. Um, and one of the young doctors said, hey, there's this new program that we have a stem cell program here at the University of Miami. I think you'd be a great candidate for it. And I said, well, okay, I, I'll give my body to science at this point. It's kept me alive this long. So it's got to work, man. Let's try it. Yeah. Uh, and I was the first female in this particular study to get stem cells um, to repair the damage to my heart. And um, I am now at a 45% function of my heart, which is miraculous, miraculous. And why they were giving me my stem cells. So they put them in um, through intravenously. They actually go through um, like doing cardiac cath. So if anybody's familiar with that um, and not to get technical, but they found a blockage to my left main that was what most people call the widow maker. So with me doing all of this crazy training, I probably would have just dropped dead and no one would have known, known why. So it was 90% blockage. I ended up having a double bypass in 2015. And, and life is, I mean, it's as normal as it is for anybody that's gone through the stuff I've been through. (laughs) Stacey, all right. So we are going to take a brief break and I'm going to talk to our audience about the social media course I have coming up. But after we get back, I want you to start to talk to us about where, if somebody's listening to this and they're stuck, and, and, and they might be listening to this and they're like, but I've never been through all the things that Stacey is. So, you know, and then we get into a mind cycle, like, you know, well, why aren't we stronger? That, at least that's happened to me anyway. I want you to help our audience to give them practical tools that you've used in the past to help them get from where they are now to where they want to be, because you are so stinking inspiring. So let's come back right after this. And I can't wait for everybody to get to hear all your tips and tricks. Let me ask you this. Are you a business owner and you feel like you are literally tied to your phone all the time in order to keep up with social media? You know you need to post consistently, but you don't know what to post and you don't want to have to post every single day because it means that you're married to your phone. So then you're not consistent and then business doesn't follow. Or maybe you have no idea how to attract your... uh, ideal client and and you want to find a way to to get the right people to come to you. Oh my goodness, like that was totally where I was and I had to take some time and research to find out what the heck I could be doing to make my life so much better. So here's a scoop. I have found a system that I've created a system that has allowed me to not only attract my dream clients, but it's allowed me to be consistent by planning all of my content for an entire year in one single weekend. And I've decided to offer it to all of you guys. If that is something that you would love to learn more about, make sure to click on the link in the show notes so that you can learn how to get your life back, but keep your social media game on track. Okay. All right, Stacey. So let's get to it. I want to hear, I want to hear what you would tell people who have felt an ounce of hopelessness have felt defeated by life, who felt like they don't know where to start, how, how would you help the people who are listening to, to get to where they want to go? First of all, I think one of the things that really helped me grow bigger and to bigger within me, like it's, it, I really sat down with my husband in 2012 um, and said, what could we do if we had as much money as we wanted? 
And he said, okay, well, that seems kind of crazy, but you know, I mean, hypothetically, my accident was going to bring me X amount of dollars, whatever. Okay. It didn't. So that didn't happen. But it was like, okay, let's dream big. Like, why not? What, what, are, what can it lose? Like, we just write it down on a piece of paper and we make these dreams. Right. So we set up 10 goals that were my, like, if I could do anything goals, what would they be? And we put them down on paper. And then we, we equally did it for my husband as well. Cause I really wanted my husband to be part of the experience and I didn't want it just to be all about me. Yeah. So I think it was really important that we both as a team looked and said, okay, these things align with both of us. These things are yours. These things are mine. Um, and then I started coming up with a plan for each one of them. So I had one of them was to be on Ellen. That's not going to happen. It almost happened. It almost happened. Like I actually spoke to the producers and because I was very professional and I went in pageant mode and I was very, they were like, Oh, I'm sorry. You just don't have enough energy for the show. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, dang it. But it, but whatever it is. So, um, the other one is to, so the two that are still left on the list were beyond Ellen. And the other one is to go to club 33 at Disney world or Disneyland. Um, and t- club 33 is a super secret Disney place that, that only true, true crazy people about Disney know about anyways. Um, and it costs $33,000 to join, but you can only join if somebody invites you. Okay. Um, and then there's an annual fee that goes with it. So whatever. So that, that is still on the list. I, I, I have had connections to it. So that still may happen. That is still on the goal. So, um, but everything else was like, how do I get my business on track? How do I get my business bigger? How do I, so, and, and then, you know, personal stuff that I I wanted to go to Miss Universe. At that point, I wanted to go to Miss USA. I just wanted to go to Miss USA. The next thing I knew I was, I was hosting the red carpet at Miss Universe. (laughs) Like I made this, I wrote this down, put it out in the universe, said, this is what I want to do. And three years later, I was hosting the red carpet at Miss Universe. Like, so I think that writing it down, putting it out in the universe, dreaming big, and then starting to break down each one of those goals one piece at a time. So for like for Miss Universe, I started looking for opportunities to be able to connect with the Miss Universe organization, Uh, started doing like little reporting for another pageant outlet. Um, got involved with them on production. Then I met the Miss Universe staff. Then like, it was like little pieces that brought me to that place. Um, And the same thing with my business. Like, so with gymnastics, it, my, my current company, Gymagination started in 2003, but I came back to Miami in 2010. I had sold it outright in Texas. I was not going to work for myself anymore and go work for somebody else. The dumbest idea ever. Um, and one of my friends, um, gave me $10,000 and said, do it again. And I, and she and I came up with like this whole goal of what we were going to do. And little by little piece by piece, it started to all fall into place. And, and I think that that's really the other thing too, is that some people look at the elephant and they go, Oh my gosh, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no way I, I can't get past that elephant. Whereas if you look at it like, oh, that's a mosquito, 
Got that. I got that. That's one step closer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's a mosquito. My husband is always like, that's a mosquito, Stacy. And I'm like, oh yeah, mosquito. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, because the mosquitoes get in the way of how you get to your goal. Like it really is the little things. It's the monotony. It's the things that go, oh my gosh, my kid's got a fever. Oh my gosh, I, I've got a pimple. Oh, you know, like it's, it's crazy little things that get in your head and get stuck that make you think that the world is over right. and you, you have to kind of just go, okay, it, it, it's just a bad day. Like tomorrow you get up, you start again. It's a clean slate go. And so trying to always keep that bigger vision of what that idea is and, and make it happen. Um, and then just, again, don't let thing, don't let people tell you no. Like I've been told no so many times and I'm like, really? Okay. I'm not a size two big deal. I'm going to do a pageant anyways. Cause you know what? We need representation. I don't care. You guys can laugh at me, but it's your fault when I win and you feel bad about yourself, not me. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a really crappy way to look at it, but it is like you, you inhibit yourself. And the thing that I've learned, and, and I say it often, I learned it from somebody else I, that you, we get stuck in our lizard brain. We get stuck in that place where, where it's, we're no longer being chased by bears and, and eaten by dinosaurs. So we get stuck with that nasty little voice going, you can't do it. You're ugly. You're not tall enough. You you don't have the ability to do that. Nah, 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 nah. My, my husband reminds me, that's my mom's voice. He's like, just make her go away. She's gone. Bye-bye. Bye. And I have to go, yeah, you're right. Um, but it's hard for us not to hear that voice. So how do you turn that voice out and listen to the bigger voice inside, which is your dream? That dream needs to have light. It needs to have you know, water, it needs to have nourishment to grow. It's like a plant. And if you give it these little things and these little affirmations, that's the other thing too, is I, I find myself constantly not, I mean, I I know you do them as well, but you, you, you do motivation Mondays and you share things within your, your groups and your podcast that motivate people. But honestly, hearing those things and saying those things make your good brain grow. And it says, Oh, I am good enough to be this person. I am strong enough to be this person. I am smart enough to be this person, you know, and, and we need that. So just finding and, and make sure your people around you get you. Like, again, my husband and I, we, we have our separate goals, but we have joint goals. And one of our goals was for me to, to retire at 55. Well, I'm 55. We're almost there. Um, I'm semi-retired. Yes, I do have my phone with me a lot, but I kind of enjoy like the social media stuff. So for me, that's fun. Like I look at it like, oh, I can be creative and I can do this and I can do that. Yeah. So like, I like that. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's not easy. And I will tell you in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is awful. Like, why do I have to do this? <laughs> now, now it's fun. It's my it is fun. creative fun. Pressure off of Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. So, so, I mean, I don't know. Is that enough? Does that give you enough little tidbits? Like, can I just make this an official invitation to do this again? (laughs) Like, Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I would love like whatever you want. I mean, I think that your podcast is awesome and it really is designed to really help people get to the next place 
And and I know you've even asked me like, what, what are, what are your challenges? And I will tell you, I do have like challenges. And one of my biggest challenges is not, not knowing how to tell wh- which people are authentic and really are part of my pod and should be part of my pod and knowing that they legitimately are up for my best interest or are they just trying to get on my train to get what they need? Mm. So I, I do have that. So I, I'm, and I'm always looking for people to help because yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. That's really, <laughs> I give everybody the benefit of the doubt too. My husband says, you know, that is a good thing and a bad thing, right? So if you're yeah. a person and you're selling a vacuum to show up, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. I'll probably buy it. <laughs> it's true. Like I, I pretty much like my friends are always like, why are you like so trusting? You shouldn't be. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like until they prove me otherwise, like why not? And yeah. it, it it's burned me quite a few times. But so that, like, that is one of the things that, you know, from, from the outside looking in, I just in the, I'm in awe of you and, you could have this chip on your shoulder. And I, I've shared this with you that a part of the reason why I started this podcast also is because my grandma, who was like one of the most important people in my life, had gone through a lot of hard things. But yet she was the most positive, uplifting, hilarious, like amazing, amazing woman. Never had that chip on her shoulder. And yet other people sometimes will have a setback, a mosquito in their life that they didn't swap away. Instead, they let it just rest right here <laughs> on their shoulder. And it really just pour them down their whole lives. And, and you've been, you, you've said that you, you just always have kept a good attitude. And I'm sure that you've had hard days. I'm sure you've had days where you were just like, what now? But you, you keep going. And it sounds like you have a yeah. husband that's, that's that good person in your ear that says, you know, remember that's a mosquito and keep going. He's number four. So it, it took some really bad had train wrecks to get to him. I didn't meet him until after I got hit by the truck. So like that, he is, and and not, he's amazing. Not to say, okay, so this is going to come across like bad, but whatever. But like, okay, good. You're normal. Like you're, you're human. Cause I look at you and I'm just in, I'm in awe of you. And that was one of the things too. And I, this, this conversation is going on longer than it normally does. And so I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help but keep going. And and one of the things that, Stacey, you just say in that, a little thing right there, it's so impactful. One of the things that I, I had um, been exposed to, a podcast that I listened to with Ed Milet and his guest, Nick, had um, was born without any legs or arms. And he was so stinking inspirational. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, like, this guy has this mindset that I, I, I just, oh, this is so amazing. And he made this comment about how his friends wanted to take him out downtown Miami and go clubbing for his birthday. And even him in his amazing mindset said to himself, I don't want to go. Like, who's going to ever talk to me? I'm a freak. And those are his words. And, and he ended up going anyway. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. Thank you for making me feel like these people that I look up to and that I revere so much are human. And I think that that was one of the things that I wish I would have had a conversation with my grandma and just been like, tell me about your bad days too. Because I think sometimes we bad day- they're on a pedestal as well. Bad days are, I mean, I mean I'm not going to lie. Like, there's a lot of them. There are days when I don't get out of bed. I certainly don't put on makeup. I don't wear a crown, obviously. Although I probably would for, you know, just because. Because why not, man? If I could be Tinkerbell or Cinderella, why not? Yeah. Um, but um, 
you know, those, those, I think I consider those my, my, my reset days. Like those are the days where I get to be human. And I say, I, I hate quoting movies. Well, I don't hate quoting movies. I quote the movie Parenthood often. Uh-huh. The little grandmother is going, oh my gosh, would you want to go to um, the amusement park and just be on the merry-go-round that goes around and around and around and have that just be your life? Or wouldn't it be more fun for you to go on the roller coaster because you've got the lows and the highs and then they come down and they go up mm-hmm. and that's what you experience it. And that's what makes the highs so much better. Mm. So you can't have, you can't have the really good highs without having the really good lows. It just, yeah. it, it's, Otherwise, you're stuck. You are stuck. You're yeah. on the merry-go-round, going, ah, oh, that's it. I have goosebumps. Like I don't. I can't even think of a better way to end this conversation. And I will say though, one of the things I always ask my guests is to give us a question that you would love people to think about or ponder to help them move from where they are now to where they want to go. Always think to yourself, what what is your dream, and then make that dream happen because don't, don't limit yourself. Don't think that's never going to happen because the second that you think you can't, you won't. But the moment that you say, I can do anything. And I say this in my classes, we say it in gymnastics. We do not use the can't word. It's a bad word. Mm -hmm. Your brain locks on that. So just say, I can do anything. I can do anything. I can do anything. Set on your dreams and just do it. You can do it. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sweet friend. My pleasure. For us to continue to chat. (laughs) Bye. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to the Untuck Podcast. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.